Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Church Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people take their next step to move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridgechristian.com. We pray that your life is transformed through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wears. Today I'm talking about connecting with others. That kind of goes with group links. So uh, this is a part of the series called On the Right Track. On the Right Track is about introducing you to something that's going to begin in February called the Growth Track. Let me tell you about the Growth Track because it's something that we want every single one of you to be involved in. Growth Track is a series of four experiences. They'll happen at 9.45 on Sunday morning. And they are to help you learn how to begin a journey that will move you closer to Jesus for the rest of your life. The first one is what we've already learned is knowing God. The second one is, is walking with God. The third one is connecting with others. And then the next one after that is making a difference. So that's coming in February, starts February 5th. It'll be at 945. And you're going to say, well, I'm not going to be here every, every uh, Sunday in, in November or February. Where did November come from? <laughs> That's my birthday, by the way, in case you're wondering. Uh, anyway, so, so it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen in February. Then it's going to start all over again in March and start all over again in April. So if you miss one, you can make it up the next, uh, the next month. But this is what we want you to do. We want you to sign up for this because it will help you in your walk. Now, you're going to say, well, Mike, I, you know, I can't do two things on Sunday morning. I can come to worship or I can come to, to growth track. Well, for that month, we'd prefer you go to growth track, okay? Because we think that it's going to help you learn how to grow and continue in a relationship. It's going to teach you how to feed yourself and then ultimately how to feed somebody else. So as we look at that and we think about that, I'm just encouraging you to be a part of the growth track. You're getting part of it today, but you're not getting the whole thing. So uh, let's get into this, uh, this uh, talk this morning about connecting with others. We're going to look in the book of Acts. You've already heard Acts 2, and that's kind of where we're going to start. But today, this is what I want you to understand. The early church, can I tell you what they never did? The early church never had a Bible study. What? You know why they didn't have a Bible study? They didn't have a Bible. Now, they had some scriptures they would have been in, in, the, in the synagogue where the rabbis and the priests could look at them, but the common man didn't have one. And there were two reasons for that, because they were scrolls. And, 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 and the other reason is most of them didn't read Hebrew, the language that it would have been written in. And so when, when we say they didn't have any Bible studies, let me tell you what they did have. They did have the, this connection with each other that helped them to grow strong and helped them to be able to launch out into their community and into their world and make a difference. So that's what I want to talk to you this morning about is the early church. We're going to learn from them on how to connect with each other. And this is why you need to connect with each other. When you connect with, with a Christ follower, it helps you grow. When you connect with a Christ follower, it helps you grow. Connecting with other Christ followers is really the key to growth. We're going to see that in the book of Acts. We're going to learn some things this morning that will help us in doing that. The first thing that I would tell you. As we, look at this, as we look at this idea of connecting with others is that we have to build meaningful relationships. We have to build meaningful relationships. If we're going to connect with others and so that we can grow, we've got to build these meaningful relationships. And meaningful relationships don't just happen. Let me explain it to you this way. 
Let's say you go to Baldwin Builders or to Lowe's and you order all of this stuff to build a house and you take it out and you put it on your lot. What will you have after you get all that stuff there? You'll have a pile of wood. You'll have a pile of shingles. You'll, you'll, you'll just have nothing there. Just be, just be stuff that are sitting there. Now, if you let it sit there for a while, you'll then have a pile of trash because it will deteriorate. But if you intentionally put it together, you can have something you can live in. You can have a house. And I just tell you that this is what we've got to do in this church is we've got to build intentional relationships that are meaningful so that we can do what God would have us do. Let me tell you why this is so important. If you've been attending church here for very long, if you've been here for six weeks and you don't connect with somebody, this is what I know is probably going to happen. You're going to say goodbye to us. Because you need to connect with somebody in the first six weeks, somebody that you can call by name, so somebody that is a friend. But, but at the six-month mark, let me tell you what, if you haven't connected with somebody at a deeper level where, where you're actually being able to call them on the phone and invest in them and them invest in you, you'll probably say goodbye then too. You see, relationships are the glue that holds a church together. And building those meaningful relationships help us to strengthen and grow and build each other. And when we grow in that way, it's important. You maybe have wondered about, we had a very strange background this morning uh, behind the songs. I don't know if anybody noticed that. And you may have noticed that Craig was turned the wrong way at the beginning. You're probably thinking, well, we decided he was so ugly he had to turn that way. That, that, that's not the case. That's not the case. We did it because that's what we typically see on Sunday morning, isn't it? If you look straight forward, what do you see? The back of somebody's head. What we do here on Sunday mornings isn't very conducive to building relationships, is it? Uh, you, you come in, you sit down, and you know, we, 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 don't, we don't get a chance really to share. We just come in. Jeff, turn around and straighten up, okay? I'm just telling you. <laughs> Golly. Oh, somebody's staring at the back of your head. You, you get the picture, though, don't you? We can't share a prayer request in this room. We can't do a lot of things. So what we do is we offer you two things at Northridge that are really designed to help you build meaningful relationships. The first one is what we call group life. We have all sorts of things that are going on that are designed to help you get into smaller groups. In fact, you see this logo here. You have the circle. What we do in here is we sit in rows, but in group life, what you do is you get in a circle and you share life. Okay, you got that? So we have this next week, next Sunday night, we have the group link designed to help you find a life group. That's just one of the things. On Saturday of this week, man-to-man, -man, they're going to meet in a big group, and then they're going to meet in a small group. Why? Because you need to develop those relationships. On Tuesday morning and Tuesday night, the ladies are gathering for a Bible study. They're going to get in small groups to help them build those connections that will help them get strong. On Thursday night, Kudzu, our, our campus ministry on college, meet over the campus church right near the college. And you know what? They're going to meet in a large group, and they're going to they're develop relationships through small groups later. And on Monday night, we have Celebrate Recovery. And what do they do? They meet in a large group, and then they get in small groups to develop the relationships. You see, that's so important. We put a lot of money into that so that you can develop those relationships that can help you grow stronger. Group life is the first one. The second thing that we do is we have serving teams. And that's where you can go and help a ministry. It could be in youth ministry. It could be in children's ministry. It could be a serving team. But can I tell you what happens in those teams? You get to meet with people. They'll pray for you. They'll find out your needs, and they will help you. This is important. Let me explain it to you this way. 
I like to fish, and, uh, and, and we're going to do a little bit of fishing here. So I'm going to pull this over just a little bit so I don't fall off the stage. And, and so we got up here, we're going to call this the GL up here, and that stands for group life. Um, and then group life. And, and now what we're going to do is we're going to build a fishing net. How do you like my fishing net? How many of you all think I'll catch a fish with that fishing net? Okay, we got a problem down here on the front. But uh, yeah, you know, it's just not going to happen, is it? So, so then we put the cross members, and this is a serving team, and, and we put that there, and then what, what, what happens? I've got a net now that will catch something. And, and that's the whole idea. When we say we want you to build meaningful relationships, we do it through our, our group life and through our serving team. So, so now we have this, this, this uh, fish in there. And you know what? We've caught a fish. Now, once you get one fish in there, it's a lot more of the fish that will come in and help. I'm going to sign this and sell it later, okay? Um, but but that, that's it right there. That's our plan. That's our plan is through those two things is to help you develop relationships. Why? Because we know in six weeks, if you haven't developed a relationship, in six months, if you haven't gotten to a deeper level, you, the, the net won't catch you. So now, that's connecting with others. And that's building meaningful relationships. Now I'm going to get into some things that are really the building blocks to build those meaningful relationships. The first thing that you'll notice if you read the book of Acts is that they made prayer a priority. If we're going to build strong relationships, we've got to make prayer a priority. If you read the book of Acts, it says there in that passage that we read today, Acts 2.42, it says they were devoted to prayer. Now what exactly does it mean to be devoted to prayer? Let me tell you what, you'll see that if you read the book of Acts, because 29 times if you go through and read the book of Acts, you'll see that prayer is in there. If you were to underline them, you could go back and count 29 times. They were a praying bunch of fools. They prayed about everything. We do prayer a little bit differently today. We pray what? When things begin to fall apart. It's kind of like that thing, you know, it says in case of fire, break glass. We kind of think in case of emergency, pray. And it's kind of right there. But can I tell you, they prayed about everything. In fact, let me read to you from, from the, uh, Acts 4 and, and verse 31. It says, after they prayed, and they did a lot of praying, the place, where the, media, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Okay, their prayers brought the power of God. And on top of that, it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Because they prayed... Because they prayed, the place, where they stood, the, the, the place where they were meeting shook, and then the Holy Spirit came, the power of God came, and then they were able to speak powerfully. Because of their prayers, the, the, the power of God was released. That's what we're looking for as we, build, as we build these relationships. We want to make it a priority of prayer. Last weekend, Kathy and I took off to go to Charleston. There was a church there that we wanted to uh, visit but, but while we're in Charleston, we, we did a little bit of sightseeing, and, and we, we, the, the, the city is just littered with cannons. In fact, you're going to see a picture there of a cannon. Boy, that's a good-looking cannon. I tell you what, now, as you look at that, I want you to notice right over here that they clogged that cannon up. It looks good, but it's useless. It doesn't have any power. They did that so the people wouldn't put trash in there and the birds and the animals wouldn't get in there. But, you know, that cannon really looks good, doesn't it? And that's kind of how we treat prayer. We want our prayers to sound good. We want our prayers to, to look good. But sometimes they're just not that useful. Let me tell you about prayer. When it's a priority, it drives you to your knees. 
When it's a priority, it'll bring tears to your eyes. When it's a priority, Paul talks about a guy that wrestled in prayer. It gets you down on the ground, and you've got to wrestle with God to get through it. In fact, we see the picture of our Lord Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. And what was he doing? He was praying so hard that he sweat drops of blood. Wow. I want you to understand something. And we have a staff at this church, and uh, I, I'm just going to tell you that we are not equal to the task that God has called us to do here. Um, I, I, I'm going to tell you, we don't have the talent to lead a church of a thousand. Uh, we, 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 don't, we don't have what it takes to do it. Uh, I, I will tell you, you know, if, if you're looking at me and thinking, well, I, he's got it all together, I, I don't. But this is what I do have. I have a life group that prays for me. Okay? That's power. They're releasing the power of God in, into, the, into my life and into the life of the staff. There are a group of elders that pray for us. And I will tell you, they release the power of God. They release the Holy Spirit to work in us. And, and then on top of that, the, the staff prays for each other. And that releases the Holy Spirit and the power of God. That allows us to speak boldly. That allows us to go into this community. That allows this church to do the things that it's doing. It, it's nothing that any of us are doing. And so we make prayer a priority, and when we get together and we pray and we get down on our knees and we pray for the power of God, can I tell you what happens? We're drawn together. We connect with each other and with God. Let's keep on going because they, they do something else in the book of Acts that's kind of neat. And, and you know, they're, they're building these relationships. You do that with prayer, but you also do it by sharing stories of Jesus. They shared stories of Jesus. In, in, in that time, they would have never said to the group that they were meeting with, let's turn to Matthew 5, 3 and have a Bible study about the Sermon on the Mount. The reason they didn't ever say that is this, because they didn't have this book. You know what they did when they got together? They talked about Jesus. Some of them had been eyewitnesses of Jesus. They had walked with Jesus. They probably had seen some miracles. There may have even been somebody there that had been healed by Jesus. And so when they got together, they talked about what Jesus had done. They talked about how Jesus' teaching had helped them in their lives. They, they, talked, about, they, they talked about what they had seen and heard. That's pretty amazing. You talk about getting fired up. They would get excited about that, and they would, they would tell each other how they had seen him work. In fact, in Acts, the fourth chapter in verse 20, I want you to see what it says there. It says, for us, we cannot help but speaking about what we have seen and heard. That's how churches grow. When they come so close to Jesus that they can't help but telling somebody about what they've seen him do and what they've heard him do. Last week, we were at Seacoast Church, one of the reasons that we went to Charleston, and the pastor, Greg Surratt, shared an incredible Jesus story. I want to share it with you. He, he, he talked about when they first started Seacoast. He said they made 1,600 call, phone calls into that community, okay? That's a lot of phone calls. That's, and back in that day, it was probably a lot of dialing, okay? And, and that was back in 1989. And, and they made 1,600 phone calls. And on the very first day, there were about 360 people that showed up. That's a pretty good start for a church, amen? The 360 on the first Sunday, yeah. Okay, it's taken us 100 years to get here, okay? So, so on that first Sunday, and then he said, they promptly grew the church to less than 70. 
I think he's going in the wrong direction. But, but you know, from, from 360 down to less than 70. And he said for the next five years, it was hard. For the next five years, he said he spent a lot of time on the beach talking with God. But he said at year five, they finally got back to around 350. Let me tell you how many they'll have worship with them today. Over 15,000 people. I heard that Jesus story and it got to my heart because it reminded me that it's not always easy to do what we do. It's not always easy to grow a church, but when God gets loose and God can do that, and that Jesus story encouraged me uh, to, to, to just think about what God could do in this place. Tonight, my life group meets, and one thing I can count on in life group is this, is that we're going to hear some Jesus stories. We're going to hear about some prayers that have been answered. We're going to hear about some healings, I'm sure. We're going to hear about miracles that are going on. But I'm going to tell you, I know one thing, that I'm going to hear about Jesus and what he's doing in this city and in our people's lives. Next thing that I will tell you, and our life group's going to do this tonight. We're going to meet together to break bread. We're going to have a meal. I'm looking forward to that, okay? I'll save up for the rest of the day because my, my life group can do some cooking. Now, there's something special about sitting down with somebody and eating some food, isn't there? Now, in, in this passage that we read, it, it said that they broke bread together, okay? And, and that's exactly what we want to do. We want to break bread together. If you read the Bible, you're going to see, and especially the Gospels, that, that what happens in the Gospels is this, is that so many of the stories revolve around food. Jesus shows up at Mary and Martha's, and then there's the feeding of the 5,000. And, and in fact, there, there is that story where Jesus, on, on the night that he was betrayed, it tells us, he took bread and broke it. It was actually the Passover meal, and it might have looked a little bit like this. I think there had been a lot more food on the table. And what Jesus did, he took a little bit of bread, and he, he, he dipped it in the wine. He said, now I want you to do this again so you remember me. I want you to remember what I've done, what I'm, remember, what I'm doing for you now, and remember that I'm coming back one of these days. That's huge. That's huge. Can I, can I tell you that would be a great pattern for our mealtimes is for us just to, to remember when we get together to eat what Jesus has done and then, and then also to, to talk about what he's doing now and then really to look forward to when he's coming back. So we break bread together. And, and I can't explain to you what happens there, but barriers drop and God is able to work as you share with folks as you sit and eat. That's a part of what we do in our life groups. A lot of our serving groups will, will, will serve and eat together. There's a, another thing that they do in this passage, and that is that they work together to meet people's needs. They work together to meet people's needs. As you read this and you get down to Acts 2 and verse 42, they're working together to meet needs. And I want you to see what it says in Acts 2.42. It, it says that they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They worked together to meet needs. And that meant selling things. Now, let me explain to you the situation. They had come to Jerusalem and, and so many had come to Jerusalem for the, the Passover and they came from around the world. They didn't all speak the same language, but they came. And when they got to the Passover, they saw a man crucified and then they saw a man that was risen from the dead. So some of them want to stick around to learn about that. And then, and then the Holy Spirit comes and, and, and the, the church begins. And you know what? They want to stay longer because they want to be a part of what's going on. And they're drawn to stay. And, and then what the problem is, is in that day and time, you didn't carry credit cards with you. They, they didn't have any money. And so they needed to go to Walmart and get some more deodorant and some more toothpaste. 
And so what ends up happening is the church begins to sell to meet the needs of those who came so that there wouldn't be anybody that had a need. Now, I don't know about you, but this is a little bit of a scary verse to me because you're talking about my possessions and my property. But let me tell you what they were concerned about. They were concerned about those people that came being able to stay and know Jesus Christ. That's why we give. It's not to keep the lights on. It's so that people will know Jesus Christ. That, that's why we give. That, that's why we, we sacrifice. Is so that somebody on the other street can know about Jesus Christ. Somebody on the other side of town. Somebody on that side of town. Or, or, or somebody on that side of the world can know and understand who Jesus is. Acts 6. It's kind of an interesting uh, It's kind of an interesting thing. They were having a problem because some of the ladies in the church weren't getting taken care of. And the church came together to figure out what to do. And it says that they prayed and they figured out a way. They got creative and everybody's needs were taken care of. They were working together to meet needs. And the next thing that you read is that the church exploded. Why? Because they connected together to meet needs. And in fact, it says some of the priests changed from being being Jewish and came to believe in Jesus Christ. Why? Because they were working together to meet needs. They learned about each other through that serving team, but they also reached out to others. Let me, let me explain to you what happened in our, our, our life group. Uh, I've, I've got a great life group. I'm sorry the rest of you all are in an inferior life group if you're in one. Uh, but, but ours is absolutely great. We went to the laundromat and we took a bunch of quarters, okay? I mean, we took a bunch of quarters. We took some snacks and some food, and we just went to minister to people. And, and it was an amazing day because this is what happened. I got to see, I got to see our life group have the Spirit of God in them, and I got to see God work in them. They spoke to people like I hadn't seen them speak, and, and, and in fact, we have fruit from that. We, 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 we have somebody that's here at Northridge because of that, and it is a pretty incredible story. Just because we went and let God work through us, and we were so blessed by what happened that day. You see, when we work together to meet needs, it draws us together. And it helps us to reach others. There's one more thing that I want you to see in the book of Acts. And this is really maybe the, the, the biggest one of those. All these things I've talked to you about you first is, is how, to, how to build that relationship, those meaningful relationships. You do that through making prayer a priority. You do that through sharing stories of Jesus, uh, through breaking bread together and working together. But this last one is what God does. But we have to let him do it. And that's to allow the Holy Spirit to work. Allow the Holy Spirit to work. On that day, can I tell you, there were a lot of people from a lot of different countries. And, and, and unlike this room, if I were to stand up today and it was like that day, there had been a lot of you that couldn't understand what I was saying because you were from another country and you didn't speak the language that I was speaking. And so that day, we've already sang about it today, the Holy Spirit came with tongues of fire and everybody in that place heard it in their own native language. The Holy Spirit came on the day the church began, and he's been driving the truck ever since. And we've got to allow him to do that. Because he, he, he in that time, he, he drove them. He, he drove them to accept people that weren't like them. 
He drove them and helped them overcome barriers. He drove them and helped them to, 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 to know how to go about doing things. In fact, it says in John 16 and verse 13, it says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. He is that guide that guides us. Wednesday morning. I'm sitting in my office. If you all haven't figured this out yet, I, let me just go ahead and tell you about me right now. I don't focus very well. I, I, I tend to be all over the place. Staff will tell you that. That's, I, I, you know, I, I forget things. And, and, but Wednesday morning, I was doing really good. I was extremely focused. I was getting some things done. And I was writing some sermons far out in the future. And I, and I was in the zone. And at 10 o'clock, I, I remember it very well. At 10 o'clock, the Holy Spirit nudged me and said, you need to go out for a walk. <laughs> Who would have thought? I, no, I'm, I'm busy right now, Holy Spirit. You don't, you, know, you don't understand. I'm in the zone. I'm doing well right now. And, and then, then he kind of gave me a little push, okay? And I said, I'm busy right now. And then the next thing that happened is it's kind of a bigger push. Now, at that point, I decided it was time to get up. I, I'm just going to tell you, I knew it was time to get up because the next thing is the boot of the Holy Spirit. And, and um, some of you are questioning my theology right now, but it's in there. I'm sure it is. But I, I, I knew I was going get to get a good hard push. So I headed out the door and I went walking towards the back and right out of my eye catches my eye. There's somebody out there. It was a divine appointment. We did some walking in the parking lot, some ministry in the parking lot. But can I tell you what? That was a divine appointment. I didn't know I had it, but the Holy Spirit did. And when he said, go out and walk, that, that's what it was there. And, and we're wrapping up. And guess what? The next divine appointment comes driving up at that time. Can I tell you what, folks? If we will allow the Spirit to work, things begin to happen. And I, I don't believe that was any accident that day that I went outside, but something just said, get up and go outside. And you know what? We don't like the Holy Spirit because he absolutely scares us to death. When the Holy Spirit comes, the, the power comes. Our prayers begin to have an effect. When the Holy Spirit comes, we begin to have powerful stories about what Jesus did. When the Holy Spirit comes, when we break bread together, we actually, with our eyes, will begin to understand and see who Jesus is. And it will drive us to the point that we can help others in ways that we can't even imagine. Connecting to other Christ followers is how we grow. I want to tell you why this is important. I want to tell you why this is important. And I want you to look right up here, every eye up here now. Put down your pens. There's nothing else to write down. Uh, I, I want you to, to hear this. The reason that this is so important was, was brought home to me. I was in Kenya, and Tim Muntai is a friend of mine. He's a Kenyan Maasai warrior, and this is what Tim told me. He says, Mike, you know, when you're in Kenya, you never go anywhere alone. And, and he says... It's only 200 feet over to that building, and there'll be a Maasai warrior here at this building. There'll be one at that building, and they will escort you. And he says, you never go anywhere alone. In fact, it's better if you go with three or four people. And I said, Tim, what's the deal? And he says, well, there are animals out there that would love to get you alone. Wow. You know, yeah, I, I, saw, I saw some of those there. But I hadn't seen one at that point. I said, well, what's the big deal? I haven't seen anything. He says, oh, you won't see them. But at that point, I'm remembering what... Peter writes in, in 1 Peter 5 and verse 8. He says this, be alert and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The picture was pretty clear. Don't be out there by yourself. I can see what's out there. I can't see what's behind me. 
But you know what? I got a life group that stands with me. I got a group of elders that I serve with. They stand with me. I, 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 I've got a staff that stands with me. There, there's this, this team uh, around me that helps me, and that's what every single one of us needs. Why? Because Satan is out there, and he's seeking whom he may devour. He's prowling around. He's going to sneak up, and you got to have people to help you. So look right up here again. Can I tell you what concerns me? This is, this is of the utmost importance that about 50% of Northridge, those who call Northridge their church home, who are here on a regular basis, are not connected. That they don't have anybody that they're walking with. That means they're waiting to be Satan's lunch. He's prowling around waiting. And what he's looking for those, those that aren't connected. Can I tell you what? For, for those 50% that aren't connected anywhere, if you don't show up on a Sunday, I probably won't notice. Because we, we have over 1,000 people, and I, I can't possibly know everybody. Some of you all have your regular seats, and I know you're going to be there. But otherwise, we move around. Being connected is what's going to help you withstand when Satan comes after you. Because you're going to have people praying for you. You're going to have people sharing stories of Jesus. You're going to have people working with you and helping you. So this is what I've been praying. I've been praying today that those of you that aren't connected, when you walk out the doors, would walk back there to the group link table and sign up for it next week and find a life group. Uh, or, or you could show up on next Saturday when, the, when the, the men's ministry gathers. Or you could show up on Tuesday when the ladies are here. Or you could come on Monday to celebrate recovery. Or, or you could go on Thursday night for our college students. Because it's happening right there. I'm praying that some of you would walk out of these doors and go to the little fences that have all the, 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 the things on there about ways to serve and become a part of a serving team. But the one thing I've been praying is the Holy Spirit would absolutely convict every single one of us about our need to be connected. Why? Because Satan is roaming around looking for somebody to devour. That's why. Would you pray with me? Father, convict us of uh, the danger that is out there when we're not, convict, uh, when we're not connected. Father, convict us, Holy Spirit, convict us uh, that, that we need to be a part of a group. And Father, I pray today that, that this will be a matter of action for those that are not connected here in any way. Uh, Father, I'm asking for you to work in their hearts and minds so that then they leave here, they'll say, I'm in danger, and they'll be ready to, to take a step. So Father, right now, uh, work in us that we can go from this place connected to people so that we'll be safe and so that Satan won't have us for lunch. Father, work in us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. If you'd like to find out more about Northridge, visit our website at northridgechristian.com. If you'd like to stay connected throughout the week, download our ChurchLink app today for your iOS or Android device.